Hello and welcome to my brand new podcast, Cynthia Kesington's Corner. I am Cynthia Kesington, a conversation creator and a mind and body coach. Cynthia Kesington's Corner is a comfortable space where I share my life experiences, life lessons and lifestyle conversations around mind, body and motherhood. In this first episode, I thought let's start off on the right foot. I share with you guys my journey up until now, how and why I became a mind and body coach, what I enjoy and what I love mostly about my job. But most importantly, I'll be sharing with you guys how I adapted this change in mindset, which I strongly believe is what's made me who I am today and what enables me to live my best life. As I share my journey with you guys, I hope I am able to inspire you and to motivate you to live your best life. Okay, so let's get straight into it. Let's set the mood. When I was 16, I went through a life-changing experience. When the UK is winter, so it was freezing. I had just enrolled to start the new course at college. I think my course was actually media and TV. It was exciting. I was I was excited to start this journey. Ready to meet new people. I'm quite chatty, quite I'm an extrovert, so this was very much up my street. For me, starting college was something new, something I was looking forward to, something fresh. It was a milestone. It's a milestone to anybody who is starting college. Because now you've left high school life, you've left secondary school life, you're stepping into I think it's called big school. So, you know, you're feeling big yourself. College for me was the first time I didn't have no parents, no auntie, no one on my shoulder constantly asking questions, where are you going? I just wanted to be free. It was the first time I got the bus or got the tram all by myself. No one was disturbing my life. I grew up in Nigeria, actually. So for me, this was... I smile about it now because it was a great time. All the times I lived in Nigeria, we either had a driver picking me up or I had my parents picking me up or I had a cousin picking me up. So I was very much, my dad pretty much sheltered us and kept us in this little bubble. So for me to come out of this bubble and be able to do things by myself was like, wow, there is life outside of this. So this was college was a was a freedom so to speak for me i was already i knew what i was going to study i knew what college i was going to i knew how to get there i knew the location i knew what it was about so college life was set was set in stone but my home life mm Home life was not was was not good at all. It was on shaky grounds. I had arguments after arguments with my aunt. And after it got too much, the lady was like, I'm not dealing with you. And she kicked me out. She kicked me out with nothing. I remember that day I had just my phone in my hand and the clothes on my back. So for about nine months, I was unsettled. I flipped between sleeping at police stations to shopping centers to, scra- you know, crashing with my friends underneath their beds because that was the safest place for me to hide. That was the only place that I could stay without my friend's parents knowing that I was in their house. The parents didn't want to get involved. And I don't blame them because now that I'm a mom, 
if my kids ever came home and say, oh, mommy, I have a friend and this friend is crashing with us because their auntie or their parents have kicked them out, I would be asking questions. Why? How? When? Who? Like, can we get on the phone to the parents? And these were the questions. Now I look at it and I think to myself, these were legit questions, concerning questions. These parents, they had every right to ask me. But in that moment, I was like, oh my God, another question. Someone else is questioning me again. And of course, I'm not as innocent as I look to some. I had a rebellious spirit, so to speak. I had this, I haven't put a finger on what it is I was going through, but I know I wanted to be. I just wanted to be in sin's world. I just wanted to get away. So when these parents who ask me questions sometimes, I would just be like, you know, I don't want to get my friend in trouble. I'm going to carry my bags and I'm just going to go because now we don't want two homeless friends. It's not a great space to be in. So I would just leave. But I want you guys to picture this for one second. At the age of 16, I was going to the shopping centers first thing in the morning, not to catch up with my friends before college, but I was going to wash my armpits, wash my face, wash my lady part. I don't know why it took me so long to say that, but freshen up myself and then made my way to college. And that nobody would have known that there was anything wrong. I was smiley. I was bubbly. I was chatty. I came across as confident sin. So you would never ask questions and think to yourself, you wouldn't even know that I was homeless. I was able to pull this whole thing off, you know, in a very good state as well. Although physically I was okay, mentally I was gone. I wasn't even, I wasn't even on this planet. I didn't want people to think of me as sin and they think, oh, sin is homeless. Like all the stigma that surrounds being homeless, being dirty, smelly, a thief. Um, I want like, even when I, I remember going through those stages and I would see other homeless people, like when you go into your local shopping center, look out for them in case you guys haven't noticed. They're normally outside like um, Morrison's or Sainsbury's or any of your local shops, even Tesco. And they're selling Big Issue. Big Issue is like the magazine that homeless people sell to get money. And when I see them, although I was homeless, I didn't think I was that level of homeless. I didn't want to think that. I was just like, no, there are different levels. I didn't want people to even consider me to be a homeless person. But despite all my living condition and sleeping under my friend's bed and trying to freshen up as best I could, I managed and I miraculously got through my first half of college. I had help, of course. I had some social security benefit. It's called now, but then it was called income support. I would always get my weekly allowance and that would help me and that would sustain me to live this false homeless life. But there was one particular day I'd run out of places to stay. Life was just, mm, life was testing me. The challenges were knocking back to back. So many things were going wrong. I needed a proof of address. I needed clothes. I needed fresh clothes. I needed to get a job. Everything just became too much. And I was like, nah, this is it. I was done. I wanted to be out of, out of here. I wanted to be just like that. I wanted to disappear. I just, 
I wanted to end everything. And I drank some liquid washing detergent and I can still picture the bottle. The smell is embedded in my memory. But I have to say, I am one lucky woman and I strongly believe that I have a purpose and the universe, God, has a plan for me. And that's why I'm here today on this podcast. That's why I'm here today sharing my story with you guys. So moving on, moving on. How did I become a mind and body coach? Well, my first experience with fitness and training and exercise came as a form of skipping and stretching with my dad. My dad showed me this world as a child. It was like a brand new world, exciting world of exercise. And it wasn't a bonding session. It wasn't so much, you know, exercise or working out. It was more like a bonding session for father and daughter. And I loved all those experiences. I loved being with my dad. So whenever I was going through my trials and tribulations, it was super easy for me to return to what I knew best. And what I knew best was exercise. What I knew best was fitness. So for me, personally, fitness is a form of self-care. It's a therapy. It's my therapy. It's something that makes me feel centered Fitness is something that makes me feel focused and something that makes me feel grounded and almost unshakable, so to speak. So that's my fitness side. Now, on to the mind and the mindset coach. This actually came as a form of self-awareness. I noticed some pattern, some smelling behavior, that questionable behavior that I didn't want. I didn't I'm not even proud to say it. We all go through our own experiences. But in that moment, I was quick-tempered. I was angry. Of course, I had all of this built-up emotion. So this was the way it was coming out with anger and, you know, irritation. I used to get so irritated with people super quickly. There was no patience. I remember once I used to say to people, I have Patience is not in my dictionary. I know people have patience. I've heard people have patience. I've heard people experience patience. But for me, mm -mm. and patience is still something that I work on. Now I catch myself when I want to act out of character. I think to myself, be patient, sin, 10 breaths in and 10 breaths out. Sometimes it doesn't always work, but I'm more aware that I need to be patient. And I remember, you know, when I had all of these things coming up. It didn't matter how big you were. It didn't matter how small you were. It didn't matter how tall you were. It didn't matter how short you were. I was quick. I was quick to fight people. If you say something, I was quick to confront people and think, no, no, no. What? I heard you said this about me. I heard you said that about me. Like, what are you really saying? <laughs> that was my gangster days. And let's just thank God. Let's thank the universe that I have come this far, I'm able to tell the story, and I've moved on. Anyway, back to mindset. So I decided to work on my thoughts and understand why this behavior was coming up and why I was living in this pattern. So I started to, uh, I studied an NLP, to be an NLP coach. For those who are not familiar with NLP, NLP is neurolinguistic programming, which simply means understanding one's behavioral pattern. 
So I coached myself. I did the course as a way of awareness, I would call it. And I coached myself for years. And I was like, this, 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 this feels good. I had clarity. I understood my triggers. Guys, when you understand your trigger, you're able to act a lot more with common sense. Let's just say that. So I was convinced that, well, this worked for me. If I was to coach, even if it was to work for just one person, even if it was to work for one person, then we are winning. So a combination of fitness and mindset came together and voila, a mind and body coach was born. And that's me. <laughs> what I love most about my job is I love meeting people. People who are genuinely have, people who are genuinely or have the genuine desire to change their mind and their body. Supporting them on their journey, it's just, uh, what should I call it? Fulfilling. Yeah, fulfilling. That's the word I'm looking for. Fulfilling job. Because now I'm not just talking from knowledge. I'm also talking from experience. And once my clients come to me, they always have, well, not all my clients, but most people, when they come to me, they have one desire. The desire is they want to feel good. They want to change their mind and they want to change their body. So when people come to me and they say, okay, Sin, I want you to coach me. It's just such, it gives me this sense of achievement myself and also gives me a sense of achievement for the client because they want to change. They are aware of what's going on in their life or the patterns that are not working. And for me to be in that space, it's fascinating. It's empowering. It's such a great environment to be in. And when people come to me and they want to work on their body or their form, or it's just like, wow, to see how strong someone can get from zero to a hundred, it's not that quick, but you guys get my point. It's just fascinating. And I could go on for many, many reasons as to why I love my job. And I can, I'm sure you guys can tell that I'm smiling because this is the joy my job brings to me. And I don't actually see it as a job. I see it as something that I love doing. If you're enjoying it, then it doesn't come across as a job. Anyway, that's my belief. I have to say over the past few years, my mindset has changed, but it's still changing. By no means am I calling myself a guru or am I saying that I have all the answers to the world's problem. But I strongly believe and hope that my journey on this podcast will be enlightening, captivating and inspiration for you, inspirational for you guys. To end, I am going to leave you guys with one message. My one message to you is to have hope. If you have hope, you have desire. If you have desire, you have drive. Like a single step, hope will get you to a place that you never thought you could reach. And that's it for me, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. Let me know how you guys found this first episode. Feel free to share your story with me. We can inspire and motivate one another along the way. You can always find me on Instagram at Cynthia Kensington. I'm also on TikTok at Cynthia Kensington. Or feel free to drop me an email, a comment. 
you can always email me info at cynthiakensington.com. Now tell a friend to tell a friend that I have a new podcast. Until next time, have an amazing, amazing week.